ladies and gentlemen, now hosting the Rizzo cast, put your hands together for Steven Rizzotto. What is going on, everybody? And welcome. This is episode number 122 of Rizzo cast. I am Steven Rizzotto. And today we are joined by a very special guest. She is a reporter and producer for MLB.com and a part of the batch that is considered to be the next batch of rising stars in the uh, in the baseball and sports media landscape. It is Sonia Chen and Sonia joins the show. Sonia, how are you doing? Welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Stephen. It is such a pleasure. And uh, we have shared a press box together multiple times. And I think multiple times I did not even know it was you until like later on in the season. And we have never shared uh, a clubhouse together. So like we've we've kind of like crossed paths, but like not fully. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's like the circles that, you know, they're kind of near each other, but they don't like cross yet. That's that's kind of how I describe it. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the Venn diagram, but like we're on opposite sides right now. But next year, we'll be back. We'll be ready to go. Um, In terms of uh, this week, it's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving week, and I think this episode probably would be out. uh, Thanksgiving probably already happened, but uh, I'll ask anyways. What is the plans with the family? What's the plans with the food? I asked uh, a few people this already. What is the uh, the vibe for the uh, Thanksgiving holiday? Well, this is actually kind of an unusual um, Thanksgiving for my family because my um, I'm home, but my parents are actually out of uh, the country. They're in Taiwan, which is where I just was. Um, kind of weird, weird situation. Um, so normally we do, you know, the whole thing. Like we usually host. Um, we'll do like a turkey and then you know sides. Um, but I think this year, um, you know, my parents are getting back to the Bay Area on Friday, so on I think we're gonna do our kind of like big dinner um on Sunday just a little smaller maybe more than like advent thing so it, it'll still be fun just like off by a few days but I mean Thanksgiving's on a different day every year usually yeah. anyway so it's kind of like the same but but different <laughs> yeah exactly so uh that should be fun how is Taiwan I mean that's 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 awesome that you went there and it's it's definitely uh, uh, an area that I actually know a few people that went to Taiwan and have gone to uh, some of those Asian countries over there. What is like the vibe? Because I saw a picture of you outside of a baseball stadium. So like, I think it's hilarious that you go to a different country and automatically find a baseball field. So it's pretty funny. Oh, yeah, it's definitely one of the goals. Um, I mean, I was there with my um, my dad and we were actually we actually had tickets to one of the um cpbl games so um you know that's the the league there and they're in the middle of their playoffs um the taiwan series so we had we had tickets to game five and then the team that eventually won the um the brothers they swept in four so you know just got there like a a day too late which was a bummer um but yeah i still managed to find my way to a baseball stadium because um i was like i feel like i need something um since I came here and originally thought I was going to get to see a little extra November baseball. Um, but I mean, Taiwan's amazing. Cause I, um, my dad's Taiwanese. I'd been there a couple of times before, um, except the last time was like 11 years ago. So it's changed a lot and it's always nice to be back and like, just 
see how like things have developed. How long is that flight? Oh, it's it's 14 hours going from San Francisco to Taipei, like direct. On the way back, it's 11, which is still a very long time. Mm-hmm. I won't lie. So, Gosh, like what do you do on like long flights? Because I have never been on a flight more than maybe just a few hours because I've not gone east of like nebraska so i mean like what does one do on a flight that long i mean it feels i mean tv can only get you so far reading can only get you so far maybe you sleep a little bit i don't know yeah on the way there i definitely tried to sleep because um it left here at like midnight and then it got to taipei at um like 6 a.m and so i was like okay i need enough energy hopefully like for the whole day so I got a bit of sleep and then most of the time though on on both of them I, I spent a lot of it like reading um so mostly like fiction because that's like when I'm reading for like fun I guess that's what I gravitate toward um but watched a little movies just tried to like pass the time as you know 14 hours is a really long time but you know it eventually went by so yeah, well, I got to start traveling. I got to start getting myself culture. Jesus. Um, so let's get into kind of your your career, your your baseball career. Uh, you work for MLB.com. You're a reporter and producer, and you cover games here in the Bay Area that maybe uh, visiting team beat writers can't attend or maybe the home team beat writers are unable to get to. Uh, what was the process and I guess getting that job and now kind of your first season doing it? How how did that go? Sure. So, I mean, kind of the main way that I, I got the job was I had um, interned with MLB um, last summer. So I, I knew, you know, the people in the content department already. So I, I had kind of some of those connections and then I knew like based on that internship that they're going to consider me for a role like this um, this summer. And I guess kind of going a step back into how I got that internship kind of got my foot in the door at all was um, I had a a great sports journalism professor at um, Boston University, Sherrod Blakely, and he kind of connected me with them. Well, he actually encouraged me to apply for a job opening um, like about a year and a half ago that was kind of like the job that I have right now which at the time totally wasn't qualified for I'm sure but you know it was one of those things where um you know I apply and then you you know you stay in the system they still consider you for like things later on just how I got the internship which was how I got here that's really cool and and like the i mean walking into the ballpark the first time because i know for me it was like very intimidating and i I was a lot yeah i was 19 so it was really intimidating but for you walking into the ballpark the coliseum oracle park whatever it was i mean was there like butterflies walking through those gates oh definitely yeah because i i mean probably very similar thing for you but it's like these are the ballparks that i I came through as a kid, you know, I have a lot of great memories, um, you know, mainly at the Coliseum because I watch more games on on this side of the bay, but but still between the two of them, I'm like, I've been here in the stands, I've seen some really incredible moments, it's like, here I am, I'm on the field, there's just something kind of magical about, like, being down there, and, you know, I never thought I would love watching on 
watching teams warm up and take grounders so much, but, <laughs> but it just feels kind of special. Yeah. It's like the, like when they bring out the fungos before the game, um, it's like, it's music. Like, I, I don't know what it is. It's like weird music. And that kind of leads me into my next question here. What is it? Cause I know you've covered other sports and you've covered other things, not just sports uh, in your, your career, your journalism career, your student journalism career. Uh, what is it about baseball that kind of like sticks out? Cause I know for a lot of you know, writers, I always hear the term that it's like very poetic to them. And like, it, it seems that way to me too. So what is it about baseball that separates it separates covering it from maybe another sport yeah I I think it's one of those things that for me it's almost hard to explain I think I have that kind of connection to baseball more than some other sports just from growing up like it was what I watched it was what I cared about you know when I was younger I probably knew like at least a general idea of what the A's were doing like before I got like really into it you know I, you know, at least knew that if you had asked me about like the Warriors and the Sharks and the Niners, I would have had no idea. Um, so there's kind of part of that, but then I don't know, just something about the game. I, I like the pace of it, which, you know, I'm sure some people disagree with that, you know, the pace of play or whatever, and people think it's too long and too little action, but I don't know. I think I like that there's a lot of just a, a lot of narratives in it. There's a lot of kind of individuality in some aspects, you know, like it's ultimately a team game, but then there's really a lot of room for people to shine in moments. And I'm not saying that's like not true of other sports too. It's just for whatever reason, I, I really strongly feel that like when I'm covering baseball versus when I'm covering like some other sports. Yeah, there's like the role player that could like come off the bench and hit like a walk off single or something. And he's got like this cool backstory where he was like, you know, you know, a former player's little brother or something. I don't know. It's baseball. There's so many like connections that, that I like. And like Tim Kirkchen was always somebody that I would read and he would break down like I'm trying to do my Tim Kirkchen voice here. He would he would be like. The you know he's the first player and Henry uh, Aaron Judge is the first player in history whose first names start with an AA and had a two eighty batting average in a season. So like stuff like that. <laughs> like there's so many like stats to go around here. By the way, speaking of Aaron Judge, where is Aaron Judge going? I mean that's so out of the blue, but I'm gonna put you I on know. the spot. <laughs> yeah, it's see. I feel like the free agent signings. That's another thing where I'm like I have no clue. Um, I think if I had to like put money on it I would say he's going back to the Yankees that that's just my instinct it's really hard to picture him in another uniform but like I don't know I mean I could see the Giants you know making a play there's something about your you know your childhood team or whatever and um side note is that it's really funny saying that like he's like from the Bay Area when it, Linden's like what 100 miles away exactly um, <laughs> exactly oh my god yeah, I'm like no, no, he's not. But <laughs> yeah, I just talked to the the I had the batting stance guy on last, and I I literally said the exact words. I because he's from Danville, uh, Gar Rhinus, he's from Danville, went to uh, Monte Vista uh, High School, and uh, he I I asked him, I was like, when you hear people say like Aaron Judge, he's gonna come back home to the Bay Area, and you're from Linden, and you're thinking like, or and you're from Danville, and you're thinking like, wait a minute. 
I know where Linden is. And I, the Bay Area is not Linden. Like, no, it's not. I, I can't believe that that's a thing. And like, there's people saying, oh, he's going to take a hometown discount. Discount what? He just bet on himself and he went out and hit 62 homers and had like one of the best offensive years in American League history. And he's going to take a hometown discount to come to the Giants who have like nobody around him, you know? So I, I don't know. This, the Linden thing does throw me off a little bit. Oh, yeah. And honestly, even a hometown discount for Aaron Judge is still going to be, you know, steep. So, yeah, like, exactly. Hometown yeah. discount. What is a hometown discount for a guy that just had 62 home runs? I mean, what what do we Twitter is how do you do Because I feel like you deal with Twitter way better than I do because I see stuff and like sometimes I can't even let it pass. And I go, I have to respond. And I have very bad impulse control on Twitter. So how do you keep like your Twitter? And this is like legitimately me asking for advice to you. How do you keep your Twitter just like sane and like, you know, because it's it's a tool now that we and, you know, besides the fact that it may be dying or it may not be dying. But, you know, take all that aside. But it is a tool that like media people have to use to kind of get their name out there a little bit. So how do you use it to kind of your advantage and still be sane on Twitter? For sure. I mean, I think that's something that I'm still very much learning because um, I would say for the most part, I don't like, I mean, I think it's a great tool, but do I love using Twitter? Usually I would say no, which is why I've mostly been pretty like, you know, quiet um, when I'm not like covering games or anything like that. Um, so I would say I pretty much just use it like when I have to, which like I think that works for the sanity but for like growing an audience you know it's definitely better to be a little more like consistent with what you're putting out there so I mean that's probably something I just have to like you know bite the bullet and do at some point just get a little more consistent I mean it would be different I guess if I was actively covering a team right now and like things were happening with like my team um but you know the sanity part with being more active I guess I'll have to figure that out. Um, I think I'm a person where even if I see something that I'm like, oh, this is just like, why are you saying this? This is dumb. Um, I I can't ignore that. That might just be my personality. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the uh, the Twitter circle is like the best thing that has ever happened to me, you know, in my like, it's like my top five, like most proud moments, like probably fourth number three or number four is like twitter circle happening so that that's probably it right there um we'll kind of i guess we'll we'll go back to uh to you know reporting and and writing uh a big part of reporting is asking the right question and you know there's so many like beat writers around all the time and they're all asking they're all trying to get information right and i always i've come to learn that like you know the top people are going to chime in first and then, you know, maybe if I have something to add in afterwards, maybe I'll say it. But what is kind of your way of of trying to figure out the right question to ask, you know, maybe a manager or a player, maybe something that you could get more insight from them opposed to a question of, you know, oh, you went three for four today. What were you feeling at the plate? You know, so kind of like a creative way to to mask a question. Yeah, I think I think the way that I kind of try to look at it is, take things you know a little more big picture so you know try to like I don't know, fill in all the gaps if you kind of imagine like you're 
I don't know, you're, you're like putting together like a, like a, a tapestry and, you know, each question is like slowly by uh, little by little, you know, giving you a little more. Um, and, you know, you just want to try to get the most complete, like picture that you can is kind of how I see it. And I think like one of, you know, the good ways to do that is asking some of the questions that get at, you know, not just what happened in the game, but maybe tapping into some of the, you know, the mental aspect of it or, you know, off field and, you know, hopefully not in a way where it's just like the, oh, how do you feel when blah, blah, blah question, because most of the time that's not, you know, great. Um, but yeah, exactly. That's like journalism school 101, right? Yeah. <laughs> but after, trying after to like home... get a little something. Yeah. After the home run derby, I remember Buster only uh, talking to who won it. Was it Julio Rodriguez? That won? I think it was Julio Rodriguez. He was talking to Julio Rodriguez who won the home run derby. And he was like, Julio, you just won the home run derby. How do you feel? It's like, what is he supposed to feel? You know, like, is he supposed yeah. to? Uh, yeah, no, I'm pissed. Yeah, no. So I, I don't understand it. But um, I think there's a time and maybe TV is the time and place for the how do you feel question, you know, especially it's immediate reaction, but for jur journalism, it's like a, such a bland question. Um, and for you, has there, has there been like a, a man, cause I know, you know, visiting teams come in, sometimes you cover the A's, sometimes you cover the giants. Is there a manager in baseball that is just such a good interview, really good with his time, uh, just seems like a really down to earth person and a good baseball man too. Yeah. I mean, I would say a lot of the managers i I think I had very positive experiences across the board, which is, um, you know, a great thing. And it also kind of makes sense since I would have most of them for like, you know, one series at a time. But I think my favorite so far would have to be, um, you know, Bud Black for the Rockies. Like, he's just, he's just a great dude. That's like the best way to put it. Um, he, um, you know, very knowledgeable, he's been around the game for a while, but then he's also just a very, like, good person, and, you know, he would, like, remember my name, which is probably kind of a low bar, but, like, from the first series that I covered the Rockies, which was in June, to my last one, which was in, you know, September, he kind of, like, remembered who I was, and we were able to, like, chat and, like, catch up at some point, which, you know, that's something that I feel is kind of rare to be like so personable to where, um, you know, even kind of this random reporter that you see in the city once, you know, you still remember. And that could also have to do with, you know, there's not kind of a smaller group for like Rockies media. And like I was like the only like print reporter there for them. Um, but yeah, he's been one of my favorites to to cover but there's a lot of good ones out there so when you get like a, a message you know saying that oh you got to cover the game you got to cover this weekend series is that like a month in advance because do you get time to prepare for this or is it just like last minute our beat writer can't travel sonia can you fill in so like what is the process to like because i hopefully you're prepared like enough and I, I know you do a lot of preparation before these games and you check to see how these teams are doing so take me through kind of your you know the, the the rigorous preparation that goes into kind of covering uh, a big league uh, team but only for a few days sure yeah so i um 
we usually got our schedule like far enough in advance where even if it wasn't quite set in stone like I'd say usually the month ahead I had generally a pretty good idea of like what I was doing um but then yeah it would maybe reach a little farther into the future too so I could at least get things on my radar like put it on the calendar like okay we can start to like I know the general lineup of how the season's gonna look um but then you know I would kind of try to take things like a couple teams at a time like you don't want to overload too much and like just spread your like attention too far so I would normally kind of look at the next two teams I had ahead of me at any given time and try to follow up with how they were doing um like turn on notifications like on Twitter for the teams and um on like various news outlets just to like at the very least like see the headlines and then for the team that I had next up that's you know the one where I would be um kind of always like you know reading the stories and and then right before you know I'd try to make sure that I'd kind of read everything recent like on um our club sites I guess so like you know if I was going to cover um like the Diamondbacks which um think that was mine yeah the last team I covered which is why it's coming to mind you know I'd make sure that I read through like at least the last couple days like in addition to at least like being aware of you know some of the other stuff and we would also get um like a handoff email from the beat reporters which that was often really helpful where they would say hey look out for these things and I would kind of use that to make some like notes ahead of time yeah, that does seem very helpful. That's cool that they do that. Um, and yeah. uh, w- one thing that uh, I I saw in your your Twitter bio that we have to expand more about figure skating. I mean, this is something that like is so interesting because we see it like in the Olympics and stuff. But you know, I, I guess I have never seen anybody like figure skate outside of the Olympics or outside of like a performance or whatnot. So like, how did you kind of get into figure skating and why do you say that you're washed up at it? Cause like, I feel like, you know, once you have something, you're still pretty young. I mean, I'm sure you could put on the figure skates now and do a, do a pretty good job, but I guess, uh, to start <laughs> why, why, uh, how, or I guess, how did you get into figure skating? Cause that's pretty cool. Sure. Yeah. I just, it's, it's always kind of weird being from California and skate, even though I guess a lot of Maybe that's kind of, it. Yeah, California. Yeah, right. <laughs> I guess a lot of skaters come from California. Um, but I think like my mom just like put me in lessons at some point <laughs> and I and I liked it. Um, so I I started um I think when I was four and you know, just kind of kept going. Um Dublin, Iceland, if you've ever I don't know why you would have been there, but no. <laughs> yeah, it's um I can't really say it's a great rink, but it's the rink that that I um uh, grew up skating at. Um, so I just kind of did that, you know, very much much lower than like Olympic level, never. Um, <laughs> but you know, kind of like recreationally. And then um, my main thing was uh, synchronized skating. So that's probably even more off the radar than like regular like individual or pairs or ice dance. Um, so that's when you have like 16 people and you're all kind of, I mean, I guess the parallel that people draw is like synchronized swimming. And 
I'm sure that they're quite different, but I guess similar idea for like an artistic sport. There's a lot of like formations and like um, the team aspect. Um, yeah, and as for as for being washed up, I am I am retired after <laughs> my last uh, collegiate season. So that's um I don't know, just kind of joking. I'm sure I could skate. Like I'll I'll go every now and then just to you know make sure I can still do it. But yeah, wash up, and I, I think I have I had washed up or still have washed up in my bio too because I I pitched in high school and I'm like what three years almost three years removed. I graduated in 2020 and. The COVID season kind of, or the COVID kind of, the COVID virus kind of shut down my senior season, and uh, I, I did, I, I think I got in like five games or something. But I've tried to throw since. I've done like a few like mini games with people, and it, it just, it, it's bad. Like it, I feel so like unflexible, and it just, it just doesn't go well at all. Um, I saw you had a byline a few weeks ago, and you're covering some, some basketball. Is that right? Yeah, I'm um I'm freelancing for the AP. So um so yeah, mostly I have a lot of like college basketball on the schedule, which has been it's been really fun. It's been different. And and what is like the main difference with basketball? Because I know it's a lot more fast pace. Uh I I actually have never covered basketball. What I did with basketball, I used to do like game previews for like a basketball team, like the like that they put in their like program. But I had never actually covered a basketball game. I've covered like a few players. I've done profiles on basketball players, but never a game story. So take me through kind of the game story and like the the pace of, of basketball. Sure. So it's definitely a lot more fast paced, which is very different. And, you know, obviously, you know, goes without saying, but higher scoring. So it's not like, you know, when you're covering a baseball game, like, you know, you maybe depending on the game can talk about all or most of the you know how a run scored or whatever Mm -hmm. obviously can't do that in basketball so it's it's kind of knowing what to like focus on can pull and so I guess a lot of like individual performance like totals from the end of the night or like if there's you know one really just like electric play that you can kind of highlight or like a a game changing one um so yeah that part has been different and then also just filing for the AP versus for MLB like we just had to kind of different deadlines so that's another thing um that's been different um kind of like I don't want to like actually say like scary but like you know in the moment it's like the game ends I'm like oh god I have to update all these numbers like oh how many points did she have um (laughs) So it's, yeah, very different experience, but um, one that I'm enjoying. And I think it's it's probably making me more like versatile, which is always good in this, you know, always changing uh, media landscape. That's right. And are you working with uh, Janie McCauley on that one? On, yes, on, I with am. AB? She's awesome. Yeah, she's, she's really, <laughs> she's really nice. And like, like, I had met her like, two separate times the first time like we met kind of in passing and then the second time like I don't, I don't think she remembered that we met so we met again uh <laughs> and and then we've like followed each other and, and everything and she's just super nice and I could see her being very accommodating so that's awesome that you're you're getting to work with her um 
I guess transitioning back to baseball here real quick, I do have a few baseball centered questions. Uh, we, we live in kind of like a, a baseball world right now where, you know, young players are just taking over the game and whether it's Soto or Cunha or when he's on the field, Tatis and Otani and Trout is still there and judge. Do you have like a favorite young player that like is must see TV to you throughout the league? Like, you know, they're pitching that night. I got to turn on the TV or they have an at bat right now that, you know, I got to turn on the TV. Is there anybody that kind of sticks out with that level of excitement for you? Yeah, I think, I think honestly, for me, it has to be Julio Rodriguez. Like, and that might come from, you know, having covered him in person a couple of times. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just exciting, you know, do it all, obviously. And it's maybe the smartest contract structure that I've ever seen for a, for right, a young yeah. player to sign. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to watch what he and, you know, the Mariners overall um, do next year to build on this season. Um, yeah, it's been really fun. Definitely deserved that uh, rookie of the year. Um but there's just so much young talent in the game. And it's been so cool to like see some of that in person this season too. Yeah. And and you do a lot of coverage with the American league West. And I mean, that's a good, divi- that's going to be like a very underrated division. Cause there's a lot of raw teams, right? We, you know, Houston's yeah. legitimately good, right? They want to, they win a championship and, um, the Angels, I feel like they're always like a pitcher or three away and, you know, a few position players, you know, they could hit a little bit. Um, the Rangers, you know, Bruce Bochy's at the helm. Maybe if they get more pitching, they have a stacked middle infield. Um, and then, you know, you have the A's and then I'm forgetting another team for some reason. Um, I'm forgetting the um, – um, why am I forgetting? I think, no, I think you got them. Yeah, Mariners. Yeah. Mariners are a nice young team too and and – you know, they break that playoff streak. I mean, it's going to be a tough uphill battle for the Oakland A's to kind of get back to relevancy. And I know they have the whole thing with the ballpark. We don't need to get into that. I could have you on like a different podcast to discuss all that. Cause I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to the ballpark. But um, so, I mean, tell me a little bit about the A's. I mean, upcoming this season. Um, I know you, you mentioned that's kind of the team that you uh, have spent a lot of time watching in your youth. So, I mean, what is in it for the A's this offseason and, I guess, competing in the uh, American League West coming up here? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's hard to say with the A's because I feel like in the past, whenever they've gone on, you know, rebuilds, the one, like, bright spot about them is that they typically don't last super long compared to a lot of other teams. So, I guess you kind of wonder, like, if we compare this to the last real time that they or their last rebuild so they made the wild card game in 2014 2015 2016 were pretty bad seasons 2017 was like also not great but they're kind of on the rise again and then 2018 they get back to the wild card game um I don't know. I mean, the different thing this season is, of course, they they lost 100 games for like the second time in Oakland history, um, I believe, which that's a big downer, obviously. Um, but it's one of those things, too, where I think you can see a couple of good pieces in there. Um, you know, I think Mark Kotze, like, rough start to your managerial career, but 
there's a lot of respect for him um, around the team and around the the media and there's some prospects in the pipeline you know it's like we were saying will they actually deliver when they get to the majors or not who knows but that's something to look out for and probably something that you know A's fans should potentially be excited about next season um, and then I could also see them as a good landing spot for you know maybe some of those free agents who coming off not just like one down year but a couple of down years like kind of reclamation project types that they will likely then flip out the deadline um but I think that's kind of a possibility and something else that could maybe be a little exciting um in Oakland next season but mm-hmm. we'll see yeah maybe uh Cody Bellinger lands in Oakland because I know uh he's a reclamation project but many people out there think he's a a uh, a productive major league hitter but that's again another podcast i've i've had too much of cody bellinger talk this week um and sean murphy sean murphy got some mvp votes so did, did you see that or he got I, did. One. <laughs> I did he got was it was it one or i forgot but he got I like, like one tenth place vote or something <laughs> yeah but uh i mean do, do you get to vote for that yet or is that like not yet or do you like aspire to be like a hall of fame voter and like a, an awards voter with the BBWA? Cause I seem, I, it feels like that's like a really cool goal to have. Yeah, I think definitely one day um, I'm not a BBWA member yet. Um, so yeah, hopefully like next year. Um, so we'll, we'll see if that happens, but yeah, I think I definitely, you know, want to be one of the people voting for these things. It's, it's a huge honor. Um, I think, the Hall of Fame is one of those things that theoretically stresses me out because I know how people get about that. <laughs> but yeah. it would be really cool one day if I if I did qualify, you know, to vote for that. You're right. No, now thinking about it, that does not sound like a walk in the park. It seems totally terrifying. And just like, the, I mean, kudos to the people that put their public, uh, public ballots out there. Um, like, I feel like if, I mean... I like that transparency, but also like, I mean, you, I, to watch them defend themselves, like a lot of times hopelessly is, is not fun. So, um, yeah, definitely, uh, maybe one day both of us will have a hall of fame vote and we'll like write our columns, like how they write the columns, like defending their vote and like why I did this. So that would be fun. And we could put, uh, we could put Julio Rodriguez in the hall of fame and that's way too far down the line. I'm thinking way too far. Uh, but uh, are are you look are you actively looking for like maybe a, a spot to open up on on MLB beat this year is that something that you'd be open to yeah I would say that's kind of what I see as you know the the big like next step for me you know so that's yeah something that I'm actively looking for and I think it's kind of early-ish in the offseason where there aren't like a ton of you know openings yet but it's certainly something that I'm keeping on my radar because I um I don't know you probably get a bit of this with the Giants but just the you know the kind of familiarity like or gaining familiarity like with you know the like one organization and not like ping-ponging around all the time as fun Mm -hmm. as all the ping-ponging was um but it would it would be really cool to kind of be able to go deep into one team and um you know be like 
the source on it be like mm-hmm. so knowledgeable about it and yeah though I've loved you know what I've done this year it's like I, I can't really be that for you know 19 different teams I can try my best yeah but so many people are gonna know more it's gonna be like like pretty soon it's gonna be like according to Sonia Chen of MLB.com like that that's that's the goal right there um and yeah like Diggy in the one team and uh you know I I've I'm only there like a few times a week uh, for home series, but I mean, it's, it's still like a pretty good glimpse into, into one team. And, you know, if I'm not there, I'm watching, but I mean, you have to have like five different heads to be in five different places to know like your upcoming assignment. So it's, it's pretty awesome what you do. Um, Sonia, I really appreciate you coming on. This was so much fun to chat and uh, I hope you have a very happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, Thank you so much again for having me. This was very fun and um, hope you have a great Thanksgiving as well. Eat and what, what's on turkey or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Turkey that like lasts in the fridge and like, it's fine like a day after, but then when, you know, we start having leftovers on Saturday and Sunday, it's like the fridge starts smelling and mm-hmm. it's dry and like, I hate the crock pot anyways. And like, I get blasted when I say that, but oh gosh, turkey is like a one-time thing for one night but we'll see what's what's on the what's usually on the table for you on on thanksgiving because i know you said you're gonna have it later is there any like food that you know for thanksgiving besides turkey that usually maybe you'll expect (laughs) (laughs) yeah um my mom usually makes this um it's like an onion casserole um which it's I'm not like a huge onion person. I don't I don't think there's anyone out there actually who's like, oh, I love onions or my favorite food. Um, but especially not me. Um <laughs> I'm usually not that into onions, but this is really good. You can't really taste the onion that much. Um, it's kind of like, I mean, it's not very healthy. It's like what, like onions and like cheese and I mean it's very good. I I think it's something where like my grandmother found the recipe in a newspaper, like years and years ago and we just still have that little clipping or whatever so yeah onions are my favorite food no just kidding they're not uh but yeah no we're all coming like all of us i'm gonna invite all my twitter followers we're all gonna come over to your house if that's cool and uh we're gonna we're gonna live yeah we're gonna live it up on on thanksgiving and have some (laughs) of that casserole um you guys could of course follow sonia on twitter at sonia m chen go check out her coverage on mlb.com um where she will hopefully have an mlb beat in the uh the upcoming uh weeks and months hopefully and uh, next year she'll be with an organization we'll see uh so again thanks for coming on and you guys can follow the podcast on twitter and instagram at rizzocast uh and then spotify apple podcast wherever you find your podcast youtube all that fun stuff go subscribe follow and have a very happy Thanksgiving again. It might've been, I think this episode is going to come out just a tad after the uh, holiday, but have a happy Thanksgiving and see you next time.